Hello and welcome to Conversations with My Conservative Dead Father, a podcast of the exact email exchanges my father and I had the year before he died. I'm your host, Jonathan Grossman. And I'm your co-host, Michael Grossman. Yes, an AI-generated clone of my actual voice. On today's podcast, we discuss extremists on both the left and the right. Who is more radical? And are the politicians flaming the fire or helping? Let's start out by defining Antifa. According to the Oxford Dictionary, Antifa is short for anti-fascist and is defined as a political protest movement of people who are against fascism. Pops, want to give us the definition of white supremacist? Sure. According to the Oxford Dictionary, a white supremacist is a person who believes that white people are better than other groups and should have power over them. Okay, so you asked me to read an editorial suggesting that through their silence, Democrats are part of the riot problem by not condemning Antifa. I'll add a link to the article in our show notes. Pops, why don't you do the quote since you sent me the article in the first place? Sure. Quote, Qui tacet consentere viditur is the Latin phrase that means he who remains silent appears to consent. The Democrats' silence when asked to condemn Antifa violence is coming through louder than a deranged Joe Biden outburst on the campaign trail. End quote. Woof. Hits a little bit below the belt at the end regarding Joe Biden, but the question of silence is a valid one for both Democrats and Republicans. Hey, by the way, you almost got the Latin pronunciation right. Congrats. Who's hitting below the belt now? (laughs) Okay, fair. Listen, we should be asking ourselves, is Antifa a threat? Who are they? What are their beliefs? Or do they even exist? Spoiler alert, yes, they're real, but probably not in the way you imagine. And furthermore, how do they compare to the radicals on the right, such as the white supremacists? Here are a few facts to consider. Can I take this one? It's just so good. Whoa, I didn't realize AIs could get so giddy. New York Democrat Jerry Nadler didn't hit the mute button when he absurdly claimed Antifa was imaginary. Then later said its role in the Portland riots was a myth that's being spread only in Washington, D.C. Well, that seems to support at least some or one Democrat doesn't believe Antifa exists. Okay, here's another piece of information. In 2020, Vox reports... While there is undoubtedly an Antifa presence, internal FBI assessments and protest-related court documents tell a consistent story. Antifa members are not responsible for the unrest in the infamous Portland riots. Okay, my turn. According to The Hill in 2020, FBI Director Christopher Wray described Antifa as a real thing. He also says that it is a movement, not an organization. That Antifa is real and the Bureau has domestic extremism cases opened on individuals who self-identify as part of it. Okay, here's another. The Conversation reported at least one death has been attributed to a person affiliated with the Antifa movement. Overall, however, data show that Antifa activists have been involved in relatively few violent incidents compared to white supremacists who have conducted at least 40 lethal attacks since 2018, according to the Department of Homeland Security. Okay, here's another one. In a report from October 9, 2020, the Department of Homeland Security called the white supremacist movement the, quote, 
most persistent and lethal threat in the homeland. End quote. By comparison, the Antifa movement has no structure or centralized hierarchy, and thus it does not constitute a threat to American democracy, much less the United States. So, what do we do with all of this information? It seems to contradict itself. Some seem to focus on one angle, others focus on another angle. Clearly, there's evidence that radical right movements such as white supremacists exist and cause violence. Just as there is evidence that radical left movements like Antifa exist and also cause violence. Yes, but current evidence suggests not to the same extent. Even so, violence is unacceptable and should be addressed. So when Democrats deny the existence of Antifa, that feels like gaslighting. Yes, they're good at that. <laughs> okay, and everyone agrees that the white supremacists exist and cause violence. So no argument there. I guess what we're really talking about is who is doing more harm, and which politicians are helping or hurting the situation by their reaction or lack thereof. Correct. But did you really need to say lack thereof? So haughty, totty, enough dilly dallying. Let's stir the pot. Quick note: Be sure to listen all the way to the end of the podcast. In Dad's email exchange, he mentions Kamala Harris. But the clone had a hard time pronouncing her name correctly, so at the end of the podcast, I have some fun with it, and you'll want to hear it. So stick around. I'd be interested in your reaction to this editorial. What do you think about the Democrats' silence about the riot problem? I liken the Democrats' reaction to the Republicans' reaction to the neo-Nazis and KKK's actions. Eventually, they condemn or don't condone, but their words are tempered by political re-election ramifications. Listen, frankly, I'm happy to roll over on this one, and about ten more you send. Why, you ask? One word: Axios. That is a most cryptic response. Please explain the reference to Axios. I only know two things about that word: one, Greek for worthy; two. A political news entity founded by former members of Politico. I can't claim to be familiar with it, as I have not read it regularly or even currently. I ask because I am more worried about the future of our country than at any other time in my life. I am horrified by the prospect of the kind of nation my grandchildren will grow up in. I am concerned about their education. Are they taught anything about our history? Is any national pride encouraged? It escapes me how people flee from socialist states, flee from dictatorships to come here for our free market economy and our freedoms. Yet we seem to be moving towards socialism in a reckless way. I am deeply disturbed by the violence occurring in our cities and the amazingly cowardly reaction to same by the very elected and appointed officials who have sworn to uphold and defend the Constitution. And laws of the U.S. All that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. I don't recall who said that, but it seems spot on to me as it relates to the current situation in our country. I have seen us go through civil unrest and political strife before. This time, it seems different. In the past, laws were enforced or changed as the population felt appropriate. Nobody hesitated to condemn violence, looting, rioting. This is different. The very people who are supposed to enforce the laws are seeking to destroy the agencies of law enforcement. 
I think that may be a fatal disservice to our republic. I am worried. And of course, here we agree. By the way, that quote is British statesman Edmund Burke when he spoke about the French Revolution. Love to say I knew that, but I looked it up. With regard to Axios, I am referencing the latter definition. Jonathan Swan, a reporter who has been following Trump for the past five years, had a sit-down interview with him one-on-one that aired Monday night on Axios, available on HBO Max. I was horrified by Trump's complete display of incompetence to answer direct questions, his ignorance of basic history, his inability to clearly present his own case for his successes in battling the virus, his reluctance to condemn Ghislaine Maxwell, his complete lack of ability to refute fair, yes, fair, direct follow-up questions. Jonathan Swan was very respectful. He had done his homework. He was patient, and he didn't have to try very hard to let Trump step into his own pile of hyperboles and outright misinformation. This wasn't a gotcha journalist moment. It was a forum for Trump to answer some current questions from a journalist that actually asked balanced questions and gave Trump a platform, freedom, time, and patience to respond. If Trump wins 2020, that will prove to be the most disastrous thing for our country. Not because he will actually ruin it, but because the left-wing radicals will overcompensate for this by pulling us too far left. It will be awful. Plus, if he wins, but we take the Senate, he will most certainly be impeached again, this time likely being indicted. Then we have Pence, who will fall over like a wet donkey, leaving us with dun-dun-dun, yep, your she-devil herself, Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) Hey, Pops, who would you rather ruin your democracy, Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi? Mic drop, Grossman out. It's a serious dilemma. Look at the other chain of events. Biden wins. Biden dies or becomes unable to perform the duties of the office. Up steps his VP to become president. Who do you think that will be? My money is on Kamala Harris, and if you think Pelosi is a nightmare, you ain't seen nothing yet. But that's what we will get. And when she is arrested and removed from office, we get the devil herself, Pelosi, again and again. She's like a cockroach, runs from the daylight and is indestructible. Not a very rosy future. The biggest problem I have with just about all of them is they are career politicians, never worked a real job, never did business, never had to meet a payroll, have their capital at risk or struggle to pay taxes or health insurance premiums. They have been in office for decades. They each claim to have the solution to our problems, but why did they not do it all these many years while they were in office? No, they are the problem. The only thing they ensure is taken care of is their perks and welfare. I have told you, Trump is not my ideal as an image, but I am more interested in what he does, and he has done many things that others failed at and has done it without any support from Democrats. In fact, he has been obstructed at every turn by the Democrats, who just cannot accept that Hillary is not the president and never will be. As for your fear of an even deeper pull to the left in response to Republican victories, it will continue to happen and get worse and worse 
unless the education system stops teaching its warped hate America view and gets back to teaching basic disciplines, including the how and why our government was founded and constructed the way it is. How about teaching that no other nation on earth has done more to improve the lot of people the world over and ask nothing in return? Can you name any other nation in history that was victorious in war and never claimed an acre of the former enemy's land as spoils? To the contrary, when the wars end, we rebuild the former enemy. Post-World War II is the prime example. In the decades following World War II, which nations experienced the greatest growth? Germany and Japan. And who enabled that? Us, the wicked, selfish Americans. The country our younger generations feel we should eternally apologize for. I cannot buy into that. I am very proud to be an American and feel very grateful to have lived here. I just don't want to see all the goodness and greatness squandered like the far left wishes for. Pops, by the way, her name is pronounced Kamala Harris. Trust me, I tried, but just couldn't get it. Okay, try again. All the syllables in the first name are even. Kamala Harris. Closer, but not quite. Try again. Kamala Harris. Now, don't hit the second syllable so hard. Kamala Harris. Pretty good, but it doesn't sound like you now. Kamala Harris. Now the first syllable not so hard. Son, is this really necessary? Well, you're saying her name wrong, so I'm just trying to teach you. Bullshit. You're making a joke out of this, which is disrespectful to both her and me. <laughs> Your words, not mine. Double bullshit. <laughs> this whole last part is all your words, not mine. <laughs> this is freaking too much fun. Conversations with my conservative dead father is hosted by Jonathan Grossman and me, Michael Grossman. The show is produced and recorded by Night Shift Audio, AI-generated voice and voice cloning by the Play HT engine. Main title music by Dogwood Moon. Please encourage everyone to have conversations with people of varying points of view. Listen, learn, and most importantly, keep an open heart and an open mind. Thanks for listening.